on this episode of PL and PJ's Promotion Prospects and Blues Bounce Back. Welcome back to the Premier League podcast with the coziest dress code. The dress code is jammies or your favorite team's footy jersey today, Jake. We're wearing some special attire. Again, I guess you could sleep in it. It's not necessarily a pajama, but who's to say that you couldn't sleep in this? We cover this most weeks, Brent. You can pretty much sleep in anything. I pretty much do sleep in anything. And we're not going to dictate what you sleep in, so we're going to call it pajamas. I've got my like cozy joggers on you do you and do I do sleep in so, these so do I. i've got some cozy i wanted joggers. to be on brand you yeah know? no i get it i get it. the point is we're both comfy and we're current and in the uh, in the spirit of being current we're gonna give a championship update for promotion on this episode i thought we're gonna go a different way and say in being current we are live oh right now that too yeah TikTok. we are live yeah. on tiktok doing our latest episode of the podcast for those that maybe don't get to listen to it on apple or spotify we're bringing it live to the people but jake we're going to start off with our championship update where all the talk right now is about Burnley and the work that Vinny Company is doing with them. They are not in the best form lately, a couple draws in their last five, but all in all, running away with the championship table so far. Absolutely. And we talked previously about when they went down, who was going to take over for Sean Dyche because, you know, that kind of style of football was integrated into Burnley and it became part of them. Um, but they are not playing Dyche ball. No. They're, they're playing company ball, and uh, if you've had the opportunity to watch um, some of their games, it's, it's exciting. And usually it's like, oh, I don't want that same old team coming back into the Premier League. I do like the variety. Yeah, I do like new teams, teams coming up, and uh, Burnley not usually the most exciting team to watch. Um, but I think that it's going to be a great new addition, in yeah. air quotes there. Um, because, you know, obviously they were mainstays until they went down last season. Yeah, and I think it's important to note also that they are 13 points clear even with their recent run of relatively poor form given their recent standards. So they are just flying in the championship right now. And hopefully, while the dice ball era wasn't necessarily the most exciting every time, it might, you know, you could say that it got a little bit lackluster and just brute physicality was basically their tactic. And so hopefully with... Companies, company ball is what we can call Vinny ball. Vinny ball. We can Ooh, like hopefully <laughs> see something a little bit more exciting coming back to the Premier League next season because they do look to be a lock to come back up, which is why I think it's more important to focus on that second to fourth place section right now. Yeah, Brent. Uh, Sheffield, Millsboro, and Luton Town, um, they, they're looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think they're uh, shoe-ins for either that automatic spot or the, the first two places in uh, that playoff. So I, I think going forward, it's looking at the teams below them. Because if you go from 5th place, who's Blackburn, sure, and 12th place, which is Preston, uh, it's only 8 points that separates them. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. Because right now, the way that the live table looks is that Sheffield United have 67 points. Middlesbrough have 64 with an extra match played. Luton have 60. So... Not the not so condensed there. You know, seven points separating that second automatic promotion spot and that middle playoff spot. But when you go between fourth place Luton 
fifth place Millwall at 60 points and go all the way down to Preston, seven points separate the whole group. So it's definitely up in the air in a tight contest for who's going to be able to fit into the playoff spots. Yeah, and, you know, if you make that spot, anything can happen. We, oh, absolutely. We've seen some, uh, you know, teams sneak in through that last spot and just make their way through that playoff and get that last promotion spot. And that's why that's why I love the championship. Um, obviously, you know, the Premier League has a higher quality of football. No. <laughs> but they, they don't have that sort of uh, the drama of a sure. playoff battle. Um, that's why... It, is it uh, the Bundesliga that does the relegation spots? Yeah, they do the relegation playoff, playoff. between I the think 18th awesome. place going down. And then I think I think they still have a playoff between a few teams when that team goes to play maybe the 18th place yeah, team or, I, or I whatever it is. I know like one or two of the teams that are relegated get to play in a playoff to yeah. try to keep their spot, which I think is a great idea. But anyway, that's a topic for a different podcast. Um Brent, is there anyone, I mean, have you watched any of the championship recently? Is there any of these teams that kind of stand out to you as kind of shoo-ins to make the playoffs? Yeah, I don't really watch it as religiously as I watch the Premier League, but I do like to tune in from now and again, especially because there are a few Americans that have been doing pretty well in there. Uh, but for me, I mean, my, my shoe-ins to go up are, of course, going to be Burnley. But for me, it's Sheffield and Luton. Mm-hmm. Partially Luton for me just because I want them to because I think it would be fun to have them in the Premier League. Again, we were talking about kind of getting those new rotation of teams coming through. But in my opinion, just they seem to be the most consistent team of the group. I know they have had some up and downs this season, but at least when I've watched them, they look to be best equipped to at least pull out some results. And if they are in one of the playoff spots, I, I do trust them to wrap up that last promotion spot. Jake, I don't know how closely you've been paying attention to the championship, but... Um, I watch some games when, when, um, I have time at work and there's not other higher leagues playing. I like to watch all football. Um, I think Blackburn, uh, look good and they're kind of have that momentum to take them, uh, into the playoffs, hold the playoff spot. They're currently in the playoff spot, uh, but take them through, uh, into possibly a promotion. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to watch. And I, I think what I love about the championship most is that, the playoff spot that like the the amount of money on the line for that yeah. last for that final match it's like the most lucrative game in all of football and I remember watching the Brentford Bees lose it to Fulham a couple of years ago <laughs> off a disastrous moment yeah. from David Raya so moments like that are what make it fun though because it is still the championship like I feel like not that errors <clears throat> Hugo don't happen okay. in the Premier League <laughs> <That was rude>. <laughs> <laughs> but. I just feel like in the championship, there's still that level of uncertainty where it's a very high level, yeah. but you just never know what kind of mistakes can happen. And I kind of like that ruggedness of it. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess I'm going to take a stab at predicting who makes sure. it up. Sure. Um, this is going to shock you. First position, I have Burnley. Did you copy? Did you hear me say that? Now you're No. Copying. No, okay, okay, okay. no, no worries. Not. No it has nothing to do with the big cushion they have mm-hmm. at the top there. Um, I'm going to go kind of boring because, you know, as we like to say, we wanted more diversity in mm-hmm. the, the Premier League, some new teams. I think Sheffield just had the experience there to see it through and get that second automatic promotion spot. And then I'm going to have to stick with my pick of Blackburn. I think they make it through the playoff and uh, they make it back up and we see them back for the first time in eight or nine it's been more. a little while i mean i would love to see them back in it i like when those more classic premier league teams come back up but yeah i don't know i just 
I feel like Blackburn has been so perennially around the promotion spot, and they just never get it done. It's just, for me personally, I don't know why this year is any different. Sure. I guess maybe. Maybe. I they say can so. Do it. Okay. Yeah. Jake, Jake firmly believes in Blackburn's chances. That's the end of it, bro. That's it. That's it. And, and we do have a question, Jake. We do. We did. We got asked Rashford or Son from Football Card Aussie One. He must be a big FIFA guy. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yes. Um, obviously, I'm wearing the the Tottenham jersey sure. right now. And unrelated. If, unrelated. If we're going off form, obviously it's Rashford. The man's on fire. Uh, can't be stopped. Scored like, like Katniss Everdeen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Has scored in pretty much every game since mm-hmm. the World Cup. Um, on forums, Rashford, I think if you take a look at their output in the Premier League as a whole mm-hmm. from their entire time there, I think Hyungman Sun maybe has more to his name other than trophies. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think a, their entire career in the Premier League, I think Hyungman Sun, but obviously Rashford on form and going forward, absolutely. Sure. And not to say that Son is on the decline. But I feel like he had his moment, and perhaps now as time goes on, Spurs are going to continue to push away from the Kane-Son duo, try to bring in kind of a new crop of players. And so for that reason alone, I would say Rashford because he's more of a staple going forward, you know, with time going forward. And so I think he's probably the better pick right now. But in terms of like overall player in their career so far, I really like Heung-Min Son. I know he hasn't won a lot, but... I don't know. I just feel like he's such a fun player to watch. He's one of my favorites. And yeah. he has great celebrations. And Love Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, the little, uh, yeah, the the little, little picture frame, yeah. you know, photo, whatever you want to call it. Is that what it is? I have no idea. I don't know what it is. A little either. square. Yeah, a little square. <laughs> I, don't, I, I can't tell you exactly what it means, but it sure. looks like he's taking the photo. Anyways, um, I love it. And there's another... Um, question earlier, and mm-hmm. it was just uh, Messi or Ronaldo, and I'm just gonna go one word answer. And Messi, I'm say Messi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, and we can move it's right. That easy. We can move. It's it's that easy. Jim. Right along. Um, but yeah, that was our little transition. Doing some questions. Um, we're gonna move into our second topic, Brent. Sure. And that's talking about Chelsea, who are on the rebound after uh, <laughs> some struggles. And I know what you're thinking if you've listened to the last two episodes. We talked about Man United's rebound from yep. last season, Liverpool's rebound from the uh, earlier part of this season, and now we're talking about Chelsea's rebound. Yeah, it seems like all these big clubs are kind of turning form in one way or another, and unlike recent weeks, we haven't had a guest on. So if you're interested in Liverpool or Manchester United, we did do our last two podcast episodes with guests, so definitely check that out. But for Chelsea, we have no guests. It's just it's just us. Just our opinions. It's just us, and our opinions is what matters. Yeah, the because, only one that matters. <laughs> because our podcast, and we make the rules. Exactly. Um, but Brent, obviously, they're coming off a win against Leicester, uh, where we saw their new signings contribute to some goals mm-hmm. with an Enzo little scoop assist. It was beautiful. It was. You know, you're talking about Son's pictures. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Son's pictures? Yeah. That was, that was a picture-perfect picture perfect nice. moment. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to go for, but the mic got in the way. <laughs> and then uh, Mudrik uh, also bagged an assist. <laughs> and we're, had we're the not gonna coolest talk. goal and goal celebration, <laughs> not sliding talk about into the corner. The goal, yeah. offside goal and celebration when the flag was up. The funny thing is, if you watch that clip back, he looks to the other side of the pitch yeah. for an offside flag, but it's the near side. It's right, right next to him. 
And uh, he does a celebration, and then he realizes... It was a little embarrassing. He realizes the crowd's not celebrating yeah. anymore, and he's like, oh. Especially because no. none of his teammates went for it. And were, like, it was just him was off just on, like, him, a yeah. solo celly. So, not that that wasn't very cool, but it was nice for Chelsea fans, I'm sure, to see Havertz back on the score sheet. He has had a lot of opportunities in recent weeks, especially against Dortmund. Yeah. the miss. I know that he ended up getting a second try at a penalty, but he had a missed penalty. He hit the post, and it went inside post <laughs> all the way across the goal and out. So he, it just looked like he couldn't buy a goal. And now to have him back on the score sheet has to be great for his confidence, has to be great for the team's confidence, who still lack a true number nine, and I think that is an issue. I mean, they have Aubameyang, but he doesn't play. So I think that is still probably an issue for them, but... Do you think it's a sign like of them returning to form? They just progressed past uh, Dortmund in the Champions League. Yep. They get their win in the Premier League. Do you think they're back? Yeah, Brent, um, I'm going to compare this Chelsea team to Nottingham Forest. Oh, wow. That is not what I expected <laughs> at all. They brought in a bunch of new players, and it didn't really take until they all kind of meshed a little bit sure. more. Um, and we're on the same page, and it clicked a little bit more. Obviously, not in forest to a lesser extent. <laughs> right. Although um, they they're, they're, pro- they're yeah. coming into form a little. I mean, kinda. I I mean, I obviously yeah. am a Spurs fan. I watched the game uh, that they played. They were one of the worst teams I've seen this yeah. season. But um, relegation battle yeah. is <laughs> that's, uh, a that's a later whole topic. other story. That is yeah. a crazy mix down there at the bottom. Um, but yeah, I think it's a similar story where they are now all kind of meshing, if you will. Sure. And the chemistry is there. It's like when you play FIFA. Uh, I haven't played in quite some time, but when I did, you had to play, like, 10 games? To, to oh, get a, yeah, to get, yeah, like to get loyalty or whatever. It was a yeah. chemistry point. Yeah. Um, I remember because we, we used to do, like, the squad building challenges. Yeah, and they would all... And you had to play... Yeah. There's, like, one point where, like, you, you couldn't mix and match um, these teams together enough to get the chemistry, you had right, to play yeah. one or well, ten, 10 games, games with them. To but get anyway, that analogy <laughs> aside, <laughs> was that a weird tangent? Did no, I go no. off? On a... Anyway, they so... got rid of the system. Don't worry. Did they? Yeah. Um. And again, <laughs> irrelevant, Jake. Your point. Comment your Chelsea. FIFA take here now. Uh, but yeah, now they're they're finding their form, and I think they continue and uh, get a European spot. Yeah, it definitely seems like to your point, they're starting to gel now. I mean, they have the talent that you would hope that they would be able to pull it together. And I don't know, it's it's not to say that they're going to be world beaters by the end of the season, but you'd hope that they'd at least be pushing for Europe, considering that my beloved Brentford Bees are above them, not necessarily the strongest team when compared to sure. that Chelsea side. <laughs> Brighton, who are a very good side, are above them. Newcastle are sliding in form. The opportunity is there to climb up the table. I think they might be a little bit too late with the return to form unless they just win out the rest of the season, which I don't think will happen. Um, but uh, but I think that they should at least be pushing for that beloved, amazing, beautiful Conference League conference spot league. by the end of the season, which is where you'd love to see a 120 million Enzo Fernandez playing with all that young talent and the new players. I'm sure you've seen the meme where it's like, uh, it's Mudrik and Enzo Fernandez. And it's like, this duo is going to tear up the Conference League (laughs) next year. I haven't seen that, actually. Anyways, it's funny. Uh, No, I believe you. I think it picks out a specific, like, Eastern European team. They're like, it's going to tear up this team. Sheriff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Dude, Sheriff's going to make it back. Sheriff's a UCL team. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but Jake, their next five, Chelsea, they play Everton at home. Villa home, Liverpool home, so a great stint at the bridge. 
Wolves away and then Brighton at home. What do you think is a realistic tally for them from that set of fixtures? Um, I mean, nine points would be great, sure. I think. I think Liverpool will be tough. Um, going away to Wolves is probably their next biggest challenge. I don't really think Everton, Villa, or... I mean, Brighton have been playing well. Yeah, they have. That, that could be a struggle at home. Um, actually, on topic, uh, we have a, a question. What do you think about Aston Villa? And oh. um, Aston Villa is obviously the second fixture here listed. And I just don't think they're playing consistent enough, especially away from home, to be a real threat to a Chelsea team that are looking pretty dangerous. And, uh, you know, Villa are pretty suspect at the, on the defensive side of things. Yeah, they've turned it around. I mean, the start of their season was very turbulent, Villa. Um, they, they are turning things around and picking up form as the season goes on. I still don't know that they're going to finish anywhere outside of 11th place-ish, you know, 12th to 10th, somewhere around there. Um, you know, comfortably away from relegation, but but certainly not escaping towards the top half of the table. Um, and because of that, I think that Chelsea should be able to, if, if they are finding their form again, they should be able to take care of business in that match. I think if they get nine points only from that set of fixtures, that's a disappointment for them. Okay. Um, not given current form, of course, but just in general for Chelsea, you would want at least like 10, 11 points from that. Yeah, I think maybe I was putting nine as like the base number. Sure. Like if they don't get nine, like what are you doing? Right, so, that's that's terrible. So I think three wins in there, whether that's Everton, <laughs> Villa, Wolves. Sure. Or, you know, Brighton. Say, you don't think that they're, they're going to lose to Everton, lose to Wolves, beat Villa, Liverpool, and Brighton? That's not where I was projecting yeah. the three. Okay. Or sorry, the three wins, I should, yeah. should say. But no, yeah, I, I think that, you know, they have it in them. I think they can definitely win the ones at home. And they only have one away, and that's that Wolves who, you know, are strong at home. I'm going to give that sure. to them. But uh, is a tough place to go. But you never know. Any given day, they could be a, a bad team. Right, right. they definitely could. But I would say the same for Chelsea, which is what is hard. I think <laughs> True. they kind of are living and dying. I mean, they got some extra production from Ben Chilwell yeah. <laughs> this past week, which doesn't really happen. That happened. They also got an assist from Koulibaly, which also doesn't really happen. So it's showing that... I mean, at least for me, one of the big issues I think that they have is uh, the number nine position with Havertz. I think they need a little bit more help. We, I had said earlier, Aubameyang. I think that they just they aren't quite consistent enough up front. I know our main man, Christian Pulisic, is on the rise and coming back. But on the whole, I think they just need more help in their goal-scoring production front. And maybe the players will start coming to form and finding the back of the net. Uh, you know, hopefully for them, maybe Sterling starts picking it up yeah. again. But I think if they're not continuing to get support from their wingbacks and their midfielders with goals and assists, I could see them struggling because I don't know that their front three has the potency to continue a hot streak through the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you mentioned the number nine position and definitely a big gap. They don't have a, a true fit there. Havertz, you know, likes to drop a little deeper, mm -hmm. um, play maybe a false nine, but not not that true nine. You know, maybe put Ben Chilwell there. Do you see that finish? <laughs> yeah. That was an oh incredible God, was off the volley. Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, but, no, seriously, they – Spent all that money, and they still don't have a true number yeah. nine. They they sent they sent him back to Chelsea. Yeah. Sorry, they sent him back to uh, Inter. Inter. Well, again, and he just scored a Champions League goal. Again, they have Aubameyang on the riding the bench. Couldn't even make their Champions League squad, I believe. So they have options. I know Brozo <laughs> being out does not help them. Uh, not that you know he's what? ready I to take about the him. I... Yeah, not that he's ready to take the helm, but at uh -huh. least he'd be a different option for them up front. 
So I do understand that they're a little bit short up top, but I still think it was a bit of an oversight by Bowie through all of the money that they spent to not find a suitable number nine to take the helm and lead them through the second half of the season. Yeah, um, I mean... They, they have the money. That's, that's <laughs> oh, apparent. Oh, they've got too much money. Uh, yeah. Maybe they fill it in the summer? Maybe. I mean, God, they're probably going to replace the whole 11 in the summer <laughs> at this rate, in, including the new players that they just bought. Enzo's place is not safe unless he continues get, to get uh, more assists like the one he got at the weekend. Which he just might. He might. I, I mean, hopefully for him he does because that is a big price tag on his head, and sometimes it's hard for players to live up to that billing. But, Jake, speaking of money. I like money. We love to make money, specifically in our parlays. Wait, are you talking about the Pirates Code? Parlay. Parlay. Yeah, yeah, I am. The very same. The very same. Oh, my god. Yeah, get your uh, gold doubloons ready because we do have a bet responsibly bet, and only if you're of age, (laughs) bet for you, where we have two both teams to score bets. At the weekend, Jake. Love the, to see it. Yeah, the first one is Aston Villa, Bournemouth. Both teams to score. Both teams in, I think, good enough form to put one in the net. Not saying that we're going to call who the winner of that match is going to be or if it's going to be a draw. Just, I think both teams can score in that match. Yeah, and that goes back to the little bit we talked about Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, it they, all be they, it, they, full <laughs> circle. That's what happened. They have the attacking prowess. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't think they have enough defensively to keep Bournemouth out. Um, so yeah, I like that one. We pair that with both teams to score in Leeds versus Wolves. At the Molyneux. At the Molyneux. And you get plus 284 Brent. We missed a golden opportunity to shop around and figure out two bets that equaled plus 314. Because today For is pie day. pie day. Yeah, shoot. Yeah. yeah. For those of you that celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, I'm going to go home and have so many pies. <laughs> you have no idea. I observe this holiday. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely do. And Jake, I just, in the spirit of pie day, in the spirit of the day, I think we should sign off this podcast okay. and go eat some pie. Yeah, I'm thinking of having about 3.14159. Two. Six, five, <laughs> three, five slices. Are, are these actual? Des- I know the through the one, five, nine is. I don't know about after You that. can maybe fact check me. Um, <laughs> but that's how many pieces of pie I'm having. Exactly that amount. Um, and I'm going to get my pajamas because, Brent, we are the Premier League podcast with the coziest dress code. The dress code is Jamie's or just whatever you sleep in. We don't discriminate against pajamas these days. We are very open pajama policy here or your favorite kit favorite kits yeah you can sleep in your favorite jersey why not maybe it's your lucky jersey until that time we'll see you next time